No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and this is No Gray Zone Podcast. As we all probably know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It's also Child Abuse Awareness Month. And so this month, we are going to be highlighting sexual assault and child sexual abuse. We have a great month of content and are really excited to share it with you. We have coming up an interview with Amy Lang, who's going to talk to us about how we talk to our kids about sex. And we really can't wait to share that, that interview with you as well as the other content that we have throughout the month. But we wanted to kick off the month by talking about sexual assault and sexual misconduct in the military. And let me preface this by saying I am a proud military dependent all my life, first as a brat and then as a military spouse. We are not here to denigrate the military or the important work that they do. Rather, we want to acknowledge that it is clear that there's a problem in how sexual assault culture, reporting, and investigations are being handled. In February, the Biden administration, through Secretary Austin, established a 90-day independent review commission to review department policies and processes headed by none other than No Gray Zone's friend, Lynn Rosenthal. And we cannot wait to have Lynn on when she's free to talk about the recommendations of the findings of the commission. But today we wanna talk about why it was important to even get this commission off the ground. And I couldn't agree with Catherine more. We are proud supporters of the military and all of that they do. But what we know is that sexual assault and misconduct is really an epidemic inside of the military. According to Stars and Stripes, in 2019, there were 7,825 sexual assault involving servicemen uh, reported to the military. And although that number seems relatively small, it is an increase over 2018. And the statistics of sexual assault in the military have been growing about 3% to 5% over the last few years. And listen, we are all about reports and increased reports coming through. We think it's important that survivors feel safe in reporting. And so an increase in reporting is not a bad thing, except when we start to look at it as a three to 5% increase over the years, each year going up that much. It's more troubling when we look at that there's been a 17% increase in confidential disclosures in just 2019, which basically means that a survivor makes a report but doesn't have an official law enforcement or military investigation done. Now, again, we're not trying to indicate that confidential reporting shouldn't be allowed. We've discussed on No Gray Zone several times the importance of Jane and John Doe reports because we want to make sure that victims and survivors can receive the proper medical care, counseling treatment, and anything else they need through their organizations. And we do have to recognize that the military was leading confidential reporting before many states did. 
But when we're seeing a 17% increase in confidential disclosures in the year 2019, we do have to look at that. Is, is that our survivors telling us they have fear of lack of trust in the current military process? And a Department of Defense SAPA report that looked at the statistics from 2016 through 2019 seems to bear out that the reason there's been such an increase in confidential reporting is because the victims don't have faith in the system. This study found that one in four victims did not report because they feared retaliation from their command or coworkers. One in three didn't report because they feared the process would be unfair or nothing would be done. And less than half of female survivors felt they were supported by their chain of command. This has to change. And, you know, that is probably compounded by the fact that studies have shown, and we're going to talk about a 2015 study, that service members who report sexual assault and misconduct experience very high rates of retaliation. A 2015 Department of Defense study found that 52% of active service members who reported sexual assault had experienced retaliation in some form of either professional, social, or administrative actions after they reported their sexual assault. That, that is half of the survivors who report that they are being retaliated against. And of those who attempted to remain in, in active service after the reporting of the sexual assault, many were forced to leave after being discharged for what they deemed personality disorders or for engaging in the misconduct that related to the sexual assault, such as fraternization. And, and that really creates a problem and leads to low numbers of reporting. And it's just not acceptable in any way, shape, or form that for somebody, any survivor who makes a report of sexual assault misconduct in order to seek help is then suffering from retaliatory actions. Retaliation statistics, they don't get any better when we break them down. Again, referring back to that, Protect Our Defenders has put together a sexual assault fact sheet gathering all their statistics from the DOD SAPA report and the Department of Defense Inspector General reports from 2016, 66% of service members who reported retaliation after filing a sexual assault complaint were women. 73% of retaliation reports alleged that the retaliators were in the reporter's direct chain of command. Further, a third of victims were discharged after reporting, typically within seven months of making the report. And the study also found that victims received harsher discharges, with 24% separated under less than fully honorable conditions, compared to 15% of all service members. And it's also important to keep in mind that only a small percentage of sexual assault survivors actually ever report. The vast majority of survivors don't report. In fact, according to the 2019 Department of Defense Sexual Assault Prevention Reporting Organization, approximately 76.1% of victims did not report their crimes. And this report just accounted for sexual assaults that occurred between 2016 and 2019. No, and we can't talk about sexual assaults without talking about the role that alcohol plays in sexual assault and alcohol-facilitated sexual assaults. And much like sexual assaults outside of the military, alcohol plays a, a huge role in facilitating sexual assaults in the military. Survivors report, according to military.com, that 62% of the sexual assaults that they're involved in in the military involve some kind of alcohol. And like Melissa said, that's a lot like how we see it outside of the military. And although we know that alcohol may be a contributing factor, it is not the cause of sexual assault. 
it starts with the culture and military has been working to change the culture around sexual assault, creating sexual assault response teams across the military that are trained to react to survivors and provide full support for victims of sexual assault. And these programs have been relatively successful. Then acting defense secretary Patrick Sheehan issued a memo in 2019 implementing several recommendations from the Sexual Assault Accountability and Investigation Task Force report. And that included, he asked that sexual harassment be made a court-martial offense. And he created a catch a serial offender program because much like outside of the military, what the military sees is repeat serial offenders. And this program has been pretty successful since its start. And what then Acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan recognized is that when it comes to the military, we cannot talk about sexual assault without a conversation about sexual harassment, because in an unchecked environment, it creates a breeding ground for sexual assault. The Department of Defense 2019 Sexual Assault Prevention Response Report found that 6.3% of active duty men and 24.2% of active duty women were sexually harassed in fiscal year 2018. It found that one in five women who experienced sexual harassment also experienced sexual assault. The majority of victims were harassed by someone in their chain of command. For fiscal year 2019, 1,021 formal sexual harassment complaints were received. It was a 10% increase from fiscal year 2018. This report concluded that sexual harassment was a leading factor affecting unit climate on sexual assault. And we cannot tell the stories of all survivors. But we would be remiss if we didn't highlight the tragic story of Vanessa Gillian. Her story brought attention back on military accountability. Vanessa was senselessly murdered just a few months after she'd reported to her mom that she was being sexually harassed by a superior. Vanessa and all survivors deserve to be safe from harassment and assault. They deserve to be believed and for their perpetrators to be held accountable. And Representative Jackie Spears trying to do just that. On September 16th of 2020, the I Am Vanessa Gillian Act, which is H.R. 8270, at least for the 116th Congress, was introduced in the House. And this bill was named after Vanessa, and it aims to create a safer system for service members to report sexual harassment anonymously and to shift the prosecution of sexual offenses outside of the military command. And I can tell you that here at No Gray Zone, we adamantly support this change. It would also add sexual harassment as an official crime in the Uniform Code of Military Justice, uh, where right now the only the only crimes are rape and sexual assault. This bill is an important step in eradicating gender-based violence in the military, and we would encourage all of our listeners to contact our local representatives to ensure that their representatives are supporting this important legislation, and so we can get it passed and on President Biden's desk for a signature. And we know that Lynn and our task force are working diligently in a trauma-centered and trauma-informed way to ensure that the recommendations help correct the current problems in reporting and prosecutions. And we encourage anyone who is a survivor or close friend with a survivor to make sure that they get their voices heard by the commission. You can go to the Department of Defense website and you can go to the commission's section and they have a link underneath the Sexual Assault Review Commission that says they wanna hear from survivors. And it's your way or your friend's way or your family member's way of making sure this commission hears about what went wrong. If something went right, what is it? Because we wanna make sure we get it right in the future. And we're gonna put all the links in our podcast notes. 
And if you are in the military and have experienced sexual violence, the Department of Defense Safe Helpline provides confidential crisis intervention, support, and information to service members of the Department of Defense community who have been sexually assaulted. The Department of Defense Safe Helpline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week worldwide, and can be reached at 877-995-5247. And again, we'll put that number in the podcast notes. And if you need help, please reach out. Sexual violence and harassment is never okay, and it's never your fault. And it should never be brushed aside because of the culture and the environment in which you are working in. We want you to know that at No Gray Zone, we always start with belief, and we are here to help. Well, that's all the time we have this week. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe or leave us a five-star review. And you can find us on social media at No Gray Zone RRC on Instagram or Twitter and No Gray Zone on Facebook. And tune in for our conversation next week with parenting and sexual health expert, Amy Lang. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to sexual violence. Thank you for listening. This has been a No Gray Zone podcast. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at shit